0: brad bird brad bird got his name all over this thing it's not a bird it's not a plane it's superhero slate it's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great like movies tv
1: superheroes it's superhero slate oh yeah hello everyone and welcome to superhero slate the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news
0: we love TV, movies and superheroes, so let's talk it all out.
1: My name is Chris Dillard and my name is Mike Royer. And this is our review episode for The Incredibles 2, Mike. The Incredibles 2
0: from the studio Pixar, owned by Disney now, I believe. <laughs> I don't know how yes. many years that's been. I don't know if they I don't know if Disney owned Pixar when the first Incredibles came out, but that was 14 years ago, Chris. Yeah. 14 years ago, 2004. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, where was I back in 2004? I was just a lad in high school um, and totally different point in my life. So this movie movie, I'll get into it a little bit more when we talk about spoilers, but it's almost kind of like an experiment. And that's like, I feel like I'm watching one, the same movie almost in two different time periods. So I think there's some, there's some fun to talk about there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the thing is, is doing it in fourteen years later and not making it feel like it was fourteen years later. Yeah, this um, picks which, up right which, where which we I left
0: think, off. With is not a spoiler.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Uh, it, it does pick up where it left off. It doesn't feel like modern things have affected this as much as like, you know, we talked about. You know, Arrested Development has come back after what fourteen years as well. Like a middle mm-hmm. season, and now like, again fourteen. That show does not. Age well, <laughs> um, to me. So, so this was this was a like a, a, a good experiment. But I, I did get to see it, I got to see it Thursday at 5 p.m. Mike, right on the money, um, oh. which I did not know they did 5 p.m. showings. I'm like, oh wait, probably <laughs> for the kids. So did um, you have
0: any? Did you have a an influx of children? Because that's always something that me and my wife worry about going to like these animated uh, Pixar or Disney movies. Like we have to we're always trying to be so strategic to avoid as many of the children as possible.
1: Well, I mean, I remember you last weekend said that you, you have a different mindset going in because you know there are going to be kids there. And I tried yeah, yeah, to keep have that to... Mind, mindset mm-hmm. myself, but there were small children who who were annoying at the beginning. But I think the adults were probably actually worse this time around uh, than oh, the children I'd... on this one.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's pretty funny speaking about the audience. Like, it, it's known from the trailers that the bad guy is called the screen slaver, you know, that he can take control of the screens and then there's literally parts in the movie where the villain is doing a pseudo monologue and I could see somebody like just rose away, just like looking at their phone. It's just like, you are totally checked out on what's mm. happening and right in front of you. So man, there's no hope for society.
1: <laughs> no, no, there's not. Well, let's go ahead. Um, and and I think this is spoiler free, but I think every Pixar movie starts with a short Mike that is not mm-hmm. movie really to the movie. And this one was called, I think it was what Bow. Is that was called, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of a gingerbread man, but with one of those little—I um, don't know what those those food things are called—little buns. Yeah, yeah, I don't know one. if
0: th- I think I don't know if they're technically called like dumpling. I think they they're called dumplings. I'm just going to go ahead okay. and just stick with that, so we don't have to keep uh, jumping around. But yeah, the little little dumpling boy came to life, and yeah, it was really great. I really loved the short. Um, uh, you know. It- it was. Uh, I really like the creative direction of it. It had a very interesting like set, background design, and characters. Uh, there's a moment towards the end of the short where something kind of shocking happens, and it's uh-huh. a really. It, and there's a. My theater had a very interesting reaction where half of the theater was silent and gasping because it was like really shocking. And then uh-huh. to me and my wife, it was just so bizarre and crazy what just happened. We couldn't help but laugh. So it's just weird, like, no one knew how to process what happened. So I, I would take that as a big win for a short film if you can get a, re- a big, diverse reaction like that out of an audience.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, uh, I enjoyed the, the glasses and the little goatee he had. A, <laughs> and, and I was like, what is going on here? Like a little, yeah. a little hipster dumpling. And then uh, <laughs> the reveal at the end made more, a lot more sense. Um, but I, I think also it's funny whenever the dumpling brought home the, the, the girl. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, oh, what is going on in this thing? Uh, what is the story?" And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was interesting. I I know. I think. Are you a fan of the one that was before? Was it, um, Incredible Two, the Lava one? Is that don't don't you like that? Uh, one? Oh,
0: that was in front of. Uh, was that in front of Moana? No, what was no. That in front it, of it
1: was it was. Uh, um, not the Incredibles. The uh, Inside Out. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, it, I remember that one. Yeah, I remember that. I lava you
1: yeah yeah i i hate that one like that one like (laughs) i I like the ones without the words i think and that that one had words i'm like "Eh, it sounds good so uh for very little dialogue in this they do so much with no dialogue and i think that's the impressive part mike even Mm -hmm. from any any story telling standpoint but i think we we, we have to start our show with that because that's what they did but um (laughs) overall good movie going experience
0: yeah uh for the for the most part i mean it depends on children i guess and how uh much of a threshold you have. My wife has no threshold for annoying people in the movie theater, especially children. Uh, This one girl was just running amok, uh, getting up from her seat, going up and down the aisle near her parents, um, kept walking over to her dad's cup holder to get a drink which was right next to my wife and it was just like what do you do like why are you letting your kid do this so my wife uh uh, had to sneeze and unfortunately the kid was right next to her foot so uh she got sneezed on and uh we laughed very 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 uh deep on the inside because we didn't want to disturb the people around us but that was hilarious so be warned my wife will sneeze on your kid if they're acting up in the movie theater
1: well i mean that that's pretty good. Yeah. I think one person, we had one kid running up and down them, and then I think the parent like yanked him out of the theater. I was like, "Okay, that's that's good." So, overall <laughs> not bad, but the adults were the worst part, man. They were just loud and annoying and I don't know. It was it was I don't I don't to be honest, this this whole experience to me, I wasn't looking forward to this one as much as maybe other people were. Cuz I did oh, not man. see The Incredibles the first time till probably 5 years after it had already been out. I totally missed that window when it came out. So um, I'm not, I haven't, I have not been waiting 14 years for this movie, Mike, let alone nine years. Um, So uh, I think (laughs) that's going to maybe inform my, my opinion going forward on this. So,
0: well, well, Chris, let me know what you feel about it. Uh, Spoiler free, real quick. uh, How'd you like Incredibles 2?
1: I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed Incredibles, it went by quickly which I, I definitely enjoy when a movie moves at a brisk pace and you don't have to look at your watch at all. Um, definitely enjoyed that. I think, I think it's good. Um, I think if you like the first one, you will like this one, and that's um, pretty much how it has to be. I don't think if you don't care for the first one, you you won't care for this one maybe as much. But um, overall, I, I mean, I had an okay time. I'm not you know anxious to go see it again or you know tell people, like, you have to go see this. It'll change your life. I think it was an okay movie, Probably not my favorite Pixar movie, but in the terms of sequels for Pixar, it's up there in one of the better sequels, I think. so. Um, what about you, Mike? How, how, do you, how do you feel about this one?
0: Yeah, so I was anticipating this movie for the last 14 years. Uh, I really loved the first one. Uh, I think this one falls a little short of the first one, but I think it's still a, a great movie. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of beautiful animation and composition in this movie, and that's one thing that you can always count on in a Pixar movie. Whether you're watching a Cars or whether you're watching a Good Dinosaur, uh, you're always going to have a crack team that's animating and designing these characters and composing great shots. So you know, even if like the story is trash, you're at least going to have some sort of uh, visual excellence on the screen. So uh, you can go ahead and just check that off the list. And I thought this movie uh, brought it even better because the settings for the first Incredibles is that kind of, what are we saying, like 1950s kind of uh, Bay Area West Coast. Uh, So we get a little bit more of that in this movie, but uh, more polygons, I guess you would say. Uh, Usually, I guess you talk about that in video game graphics, but yeah, definitely a lot more detail in this movie. Um, It felt a little bit repetitive, From what I saw in the first Incredibles, so um, I feel like we were just checking out the credits for this movie before we started recording, and Brad Bird is the single singularity writer on this movie, which is kind of a unique thing in Hollywood these days. Almost every kind of big-budget summer movie, you go check out the credits, and there's at least three or four writers on there, so... Um, I guess they gave Brad Bird total control over the story, so I don't know if that was necessarily the best decision to make. Uh, Maybe throwing another writer in there could have made it a little bit more creative, but um, I think the, the movie mainly falls short from the villain. I think Syndrome in the first movie is just so good. The only way this movie was going to be better if the villain was even better. So uh, it feels a little bit like comparable to like the MCU superheroes, where it's just like, you know, sometimes the villain defines the movie. So. Uh, overall i i had a i had a great time watching this movie but i can kind of echo your sentiment where it's just like it didn't feel like it changed my life kind of like the first one did you know especially once the when the first one came out and like the real heyday renaissance of pixar felt like every pixar movie you you got was just like a gem like just the sweet juicy delicious gem now it's just kind of like it's kind of changed a little bit the perspective of that studio
1: I think it also, when it came out was in the, the bad era of superhero movies. I mean, we were getting Elektra and daredevil, uh, <laughs> Very the, true. the old fantastic force. And this was a good superhero movie in an era of horrible superhero movies. Um, mm-hmm. now we're in a golden, you know, like you said, a Renaissance era of superhero movies. And this movie is just kind of okay in terms of superhero movies, um, it, with everything else we're getting. So I, I think that's, that's okay. I, uh, It's nothing against this movie at all. I I think... I, I actually enjoyed the story if you watch i don't know how how long ago you watched the first incredibles but it holds up very well when watching the first one and then going right into this one so
0: yeah there's um, actually some things i forgot about in the first one that i had to kind of relearn as the second one went on so i think there's some, might be some double showings out there i saw some people were yeah. uh, talking about online so a double showing would be useful if you haven't seen the movie yet but if you haven't you haven't seen the movie yet, i don't know why you're listening to this so i think we should go ahead and jump in the spoilers
1: yeah, so uh, so overall, you would just say you would tell people to go watch it, I guess. If you, oh yeah, okay. easy, easy recommend, yeah. Okay, cool. I would I would say the same thing. Um, you're not gonna regret it, I guess. I've been to movies that I regret, so um, don't regret this one. Hashtag not offended, Mike. That's that's what we're <laughs> Um Spoilery. I think the villain, like you said, was I saw that a mile away. I think they, oh, they yeah. telegraphed the villain. Like, well, I think you you were tricked by the trailers. I know for a fact because yeah, thought- I was
0: think. Yeah, I was. I was about to say that we talked about it on on the, one of the news episodes where we saw kind of Bob Odenkirk's character, and I was like, oh yeah, that guy is going to be the villain for sure. So when I was watching the movie, I as soon as the sister was introduced. Like the second they even showed her character, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be her now." That's kind yeah. of the misdirect. It's the girl. Why,
1: why is she not in any of the trailers? I guess is that just to hide her because she was so blatantly the villain in this. Because um, mm-hmm. I didn't know she was he had a sister until the movie started. Yeah, it kind of felt like you. an
0: episode. It kind of felt like an episode of Scooby Doo. You're kind of looking for that one one off character that you haven't really seen before at the beginning of the episode. Like, okay, that's gonna be the ghost in the mask. So <laughs> I I, I <laughs> kind of had really to really good give with
1: it, technology. How
0: convenient. <laughs> yeah, I had to give it a little bit of a leeway because I'm like, Oh, this is a PG kids movie, you know, this movie's not made for me. If I was like ten or twelve years old, this might be shocking to me. So I gave mm-hmm. it a little a little breathing room there. But yeah, they made it even more obvious when they were having that conversation at the beginning where she was just like, Well if you just took mom to the panic room and didn't run for the the phone for like Gazer beam, they might still be alive. It's like, Well there's your axe that she's she's literally grinding an axe right in front of me <laughs> with the name of a superhero on it. So it's like, okay. I, I So I was just kind of waiting for that to happen, for that reveal to drop,
1: mm-hmm. the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, it's, I, I kind of like that there was two people rather than one. Like, in the first one, there was just Syndrome, you know, and this one kind of had, you know, uh, she was able to use the other, the new introduced superheroes powers to her advantage, I guess, which is really cool to mm-hmm. see some of those superheroes, even though they, I feel like that would be... You, know, you jump into an online game and playing superheroes, and those would be the characters you have to choose from at the beginning. Um, <laughs> but I I really, I think, you know, this one, you gravitate towards characters, and, you know, uh, Mr. Incredible trying to take over the house role, I thought that would be kind of played out. I actually had a good time watching him um, kind of struggle with that a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. And everybody was, knew he was struggling with it.
0: Yeah, that was actually surprisingly my favorite part of the movie. And this whole movie where all this uh really amazing superhero actions happening th- those were my favorite gems i would rewatch the movie just for those parts and i think that comes down to uh the difference between me in 2004 and the difference between me in 2008 because essentially these movies are almost the same i mm-hmm. mean all they're really doing is swapping the parenting roles one of like you have a, a superhero parent run off on a mission to you know to kind of uh revive like superheroes in a way and uh the other one's left at home with the kids uh struggling with the identity and having superpowers and uh even like the villain also hates superheroes so i feel like i'm just getting like a color gender swapped movie of the first script so that's kind of the thing that I think where the movie is the weakest. So it's like, I, I watched this movie already, but you're just swapping the roles. But now that I'm 30 years old, as opposed to oh, in 2004, I would have been, you know, like maybe like 15 or something like that, depending on when the movie came out. So 15 year old me loved all the superhero stuff. 30 year old me likes seeing uh, dad struggle with math because that's hilarious. Math yeah. is math. I know that was in the trailer, but I still love that part. Uh, so oh, man. The cookie part, where he's walking around waving the cookie, just uh, a defeated yeah, the... man looking for his son with the cookie. I love that. That was great.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I mean it's also they bring up a good point that you know male superheroes do cause a lot more damage than the female superheroes do mostly uh-huh. overall. Uh, and they brought that, like that's why they chose Elastigirl, who did get um, some really kick-ass scenes throughout the whole movie. I think you know. Showing oh yeah. That, you know, the women super with superpowers can be just as dangerous, if not better, than the men with superpowers. Um, I did not care for the increased Frozone parts, uh, honestly. I think he was just kind of there to be um, a foil for some of the plot points. But I, I don't know. How did you feel about Samuel Jackson taking a more yeah. prominent role in this one?
0: Well, I it kind of sem- seemed like he had the exact same role where he was just kind of on the sideline and showed up and helped a little bit. It would have been cool if he... Uh, was a little bit more involved in the plot. He kind of just seemed to to just advance the story along as like a tool. But uh, I, when I was watching Frozone in the movie, I was like, I was like, what do they call it in video games when a character is too overpowered? Like, uh, Frozone's definitely OP. OP. Like he can like stop yeah. like a huge freaking yacht with a bunch of snow. Like he should just be running around like messing everybody up. Uh, so <laughs> Frozone's really cool. He's got awesome power. Um, I thought thought his powers
1: uh, weren't like Varied enough like he used The same two things every time And I'm like oh (laughs) he's just got the two Powers so, but I mean, it, it's whatever. It would, I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed in a world where we have a bunch more superheroes, so. <laughs>
0: they should make a third one and just call it like Finding Frozone. Um, I, would Finding lo- Frozone. I would love to see. The, the, the
1: Frozone-Elsa crossover we never knew we needed.
0: <laughs> I'm really glad that this movie is uh, performing uh, better than Finding Dory, and I think it will have more legs than Finding Dory over the summer, because I really didn't like Finding Dory, so I think this movie should uh, take the mantle for whatever awards that one had. Uh- um,
1: I like finding Dory more than I like this one. At the moment, oh, right?
0: but, man, um, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> but right, one, yeah. uh,
1: I mean, I mean, that's not, that's not for this, that's not for the show. But I mean, I, yeah, um, it, it is doing well and it's doing really well. I mean, we just looked up the numbers, right? So, what did you say it was number one PG and G movie? Uh, Yeah, it has the number
0: one opening weekend of uh, that demographic, so I can only imagine it's going to improve over time. And also, these animated movies, they don't usually reveal the budget, but they're usually lower, much lower than uh, their bigger box office live-action counterparts, so they're definitely going to be raking in the dough on this film for sure. Um, I may
1: also offer something else. Um, My wife noticed that this movie said the words hell and damn in it, and while that doesn't mean much to us... In a kids movie, in a PG movie, they're kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit on what they can do with that. Oh um, man, because uh, she, God, she mentioned God. they cannot. <laughs> they can't put the. They can't show this movie in school now because of those two words. Oh well, uh, God, God helped one, the- you definitely could. I was going to say
0: God help the children that aren't allowed to hear swear words and are also epileptic because (laughs) that's the one thing that I kept seeing uh, when this movie was dropping out saying there's no epileptic seizure warning, which I thought was just like, oh, there must be like one little scene in the movie or something where like lights flash i was like oh that's a shame i guess they didn't catch it but i was just like the whole movie there's like something <laughs> that could give you a seizure so i don't know why there was no warning put out ahead of time i mean i don't know anybody personally uh with epilepsy so i, I guess i'm not too furious but i'm sure some people out there are very angry uh, being caught off guard it, but, it, yeah you th- think I they feel be like...
1: rather, they'd rather be safe than sorry
0: you know like yeah I think one of the coolest scenes in the movie is when Elastigirl finds the hideout and she's in that, like, uh, strobing, uh, like, cage with um with the faux screen slaver that's a really cool fight watching all these lights going off and like the strobing effect and like she's getting tasered and she's like throwing like furniture at him i was like this is like a really intense scene this is really crazy even though i know it's a kids movie and she's gonna end up being fine i was like this is really tense they're doing a good job here and then but the whole uh, way there you're
1: like like, this is a boss fight she's going into a boss fight i'm Uh, thinking video games like like she's going into a boss fight she should be more prepared yeah
0: Uh, It was funny to see that uh, Brad Bird must be a fan of the game portal because he made a whole hero by the name of Void which uh, uses portals exactly how you were taught to use them in the Mm. game portal. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that.
1: I I did, but she's also not very good at it either, which was really interesting to see her kind of use it as best as she could, especially Uh in the end whenever Elastigirl was trying to save um, the Screenslaver or whatever her name was. I don't remember her name.
0: Yeah, and to hop on that jet, she was like, "Okay, well, I can get more momentum if I put one here and here." So that was cool. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of leads into, I would say, my my biggest nitpick of the movie. Like, if I just had, to, if I had to fix just one thing in the movie, um, it would be the ending with Elastigirl on the plane. So you have your you're basically your main protagonist of the movie, Elastigirl. She finally is like face to face with the screen slaver unmasked in the plane. It's The final scene, uh, the, the, oxygen, the oxygen is dropping, uh, w- your hero is at their lowest point, and you're kind of expecting some sort of really creative solution to happen. Oh, maybe she's going to do something science with how the plane works, or maybe she's just going to use some creative stretching ability to do something we haven't seen yet. No, she saves the day by grabbing a flare gun that's right next to her and shooting the bad guy out the window. I was just kind of like, really? That's kind of gonna be the titular moment where she saves, like you know, saves the day. I, I thought that was a little cheap. <laughs> like maybe you could have thought about that scene for maybe another well, I, day or two. Could have thought about I, something else.
1: I think you're missing that. That scene's not where she saved the day. The point where they save the day is the boat, and then she actually saves the screen slaver girl by using her powers. Uh, using well, yeah, I get power. that, but like, it that's is the, last the girl big standoff. At- but.
0: But it is her at her lowest point.
1: It's her. It's
0: at. She's at her most defeated. Like she, we are as the audience supposed to imagine that she might die in front of our very eyes. The villain has never had been so up on her, and then. it's a flare gun. I don't know. Then my wife brought up a point. She was just like they kept talking up about how there was no oxygen in this plane. She they kept bringing it up, saying like, "Oh, you're passing out. You're getting goofy. Here's the thing that happens to your brain when there's no oxygen." And there was she even has like a gas tank on. And in the, in the previous shot, we see the the oxygen things falling from the from the from the roof. And um, we were just like, "Does a flare gun work in an environment with no oxygen?" So, well, I just kept expecting that to be used in some way so i don't well, know she
1: blew she blew uh, up the air tank so yeah it, if it hit the tank and the tank burst it would that's what happened she shot uh, the oxygen I, tank and the oxygen combusted with it
0: yeah but i don't think a flare gun would do that though but that's what i'm saying this is a big this is a big nitpick so <laughs> but that that like overall it's like it's like a great movie so it's just like when you're reviewing like a pretty successful movie it's like what do what do we even talk about mm-hmm. well i'm going to talk about kind well, of the things that bugged the, me you know then
1: i think i think we should also talk about the kids because the kids are a larger part of this as well because it's a whole family mm-hmm. um i think Jack Jack's powers are interesting. I like his battle with the raccoon, probably that's my favorite scene in this Oh movie. yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. I was waiting for that to come up. That was amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he he's taking on this raccoon and he's using his powers to to, to get at him and just more and more powers just keep coming out of this kid. Um and uh was it they use him as a laser gun later where they just point him <laughs> and shoot with his eyes? Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, they
0: they they ride this fine line between Um, uh, Jack-Jack being self-aware of his powers which is not really believable as a toddler but also just kind of fumbling through life as a baby so they did a good job not making it seem like he was just like a tiny superhero because it's just like that's just like a toddler who just learned how to walk i don't think he really understands what it is to defend his home against a raccoon like this that baby's just not any other baby would either run in fear or want to pet it not try to destroy it because it looks like the villain on my tv screen but in the context of the movie they did a good job making that work and i'm glad they did because that scene was just a treasure uh seeing that raccoon like biting off more than he could chew but kept wanting to attack him Uh, oh man it was fun
1: yeah that's a good one um dash has a new voice actor by the way i think he's the only one who has a new voice actor everyone else remained um he was more tolerable i think than the first movie in the first Mm -hmm. one he was a little more bullheaded this one he was a little more the girl was was having the problems with life uh because they men and blacked her boyfriend or whatever at school (laughs) is how i call that so um that didn't. I guess that was a through. That was. That's how it started and ended the movie, wasn't? It? With the the kid seeing her in the outfit. Mm-hmm. So yep. Um. Did the under, underminer fight go the way you thought it would? Since that uh, was how the first movie ended.
0: No, no, it didn't. When the first movie ends, I think you just kind of assume like, oh, they're gonna dispatch the underminer very quickly. You know, there's are like you know four superheroes against the villain. And under the underminer kind of seemed like a throwaway kind of like comic book cheesy villain, but actually he put up a good fight and he got away, scot free. Like away. you know, yep. he he he's he's uh, drilling and stealing banks uh, somewhere else, but they're yep. insured, so it's okay.
1: Yeah, until the superheroes showed up. How dare they? <laughs> How dare they? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think uh, that battle I was I expected them also to to come do it, but then like oh wait, this is causing more problems again than it used to kind of thing, and that that was interesting for them to to kind of do that so um anything else about this movie what about the house did you like the interesting tech filled house that it's like a modern house
0: the house was kind of weird um um i was chatting about this with uh with my wife it seemed like there was a part of the script that got cut out and they didn't tweak what what happened when they walk into the house they they make it a they make a point to say oh this house used to be owned by like this uh, famous rich guy, so there's a bunch of secrets. There's a bunch of secret entrances and exits, which will be perfect because you know, w- you know, we're superheroes. So you were you would kind of expect to maybe see that later in the movie play out. You know, them trying to escape like when the vil- like when the bad guys show up yeah. at the end to try to beat them up. Like oh, we're gonna sneak out through this. Or, like, even, like, maybe they have to sneak into the house somehow, but that really never coalesces. So it's just like, that seems like a line that was uh, left in there, but that's almost, that's nothing that really bothered me, but I thought it was kind of interesting. But, yeah, that was a baller house. I'd love to live there. Uh, gotta watch out for the floor, though. I was gonna say, every, like, how, who puts <laughs> the
1: furniture on top of the opening platforms for the floor? I think that was my only thing about Dash. Anytime he had a remote, he just had to push all the buttons. I'm like, mm-hmm. Kid. Calm the F down, man. <laughs>
0: I have a feeling if we were parents and had a child that age, we would probably sympathize with like, oh, God, yeah, you just can't get them to stop touching buttons, man.
1: Yeah, please, just, just stop with the, the buttons. So, <laughs> um, yeah, overall, I mean, it's a, uh, oh, yeah, good movie. I mean, mm. I, I this don't seen seen it, but.
0: Yeah, this kind of reminds me of if, you, if uh, you're out there and you're a fan of uh, Honest Trailers, uh, they do, like, honest trailer commentaries where you can kind of hear about how they crafted their kind of satire of the movie. And they say the hardest honest trailers to do are just, you know, overall good movies because, you know, you can't really pick it apart. You know, it's kind of hard to to riff on anything too long. So I knew going into this Incredibles review um, it was just going to be uh, – it was just going to be down the road, kind of like, all right, yeah, it was a movie. Go
1: see it. Yeah, so yeah. It Didn't didn't offend us. You can go watch it anytime. I think what I – I guess the last thing I want to say, I applaud them for keeping the aesthetic the same of the worlds between the first one and the second one. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't very much like – there's a 14-year gap. Obviously, we're going to bring it from whatever the world was in 2000 to, you know, 2018. The, the world still felt the same no matter which one you're watching. So you could watch them both back-to-back and be like, These exist in the same little Pixar world they've created. I
0: I would like to see, if they make a third one, which I think they might, I would like to see the adventure um, where the kids have aged. Um, you know, I want to see, uh, Violet, you know, possibly like going off like to college or something, a dash, a little bit older, kind of understanding his powers better. The parents getting a little bit older, maybe, uh, you know, kind of dealing with like a little bit of empty nest from their daughter, you know, Jack, Jack, obviously developing as a character. Um, but cause it would be fun to see all of this in a different decade, you know, maybe see them like toy around with the sixties. That might be kind of fun. Uh, you know, it would just be like a, a an interesting experiment to see, you know, how these characters deal uh, going forward. Because I feel like we know them pretty intimately now over these um, over these two movies. So I'd like to see them grow up. I want to see these kids grow because I feel like I've been raising them.
1: I, I guess I don't care how old the kids are in Family. I want to see an actual super villain with superpowers. Um, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> None of the villains have actually had powers. A syndrome was technology based. Well, both of them have been technology based humans who didn't want superheroes to succeed um, uh-huh. for their own reason. So uh, I would like to see an actual, like now that superheroes are legal again in the world, um, super villains become on the rise with actual powers. So I would like to see that one, um, even if they're older, even if they're not older, I don't care, but like those be the ones who that's the, the next antagonist. So, um, but I don't know. I didn't see many other Easter eggs in this either to other Disney properties, which was weird, uh, except for the Johnny quest <laughs> um, on TV, I was like, that's that's old Johnny Quest. Yeah, watching carto-
0: cartoons watching cartoons, that kind of makes you uh, w- wonder what kind of uh, existence they're living in. Um, I think my overall my favorite shot in the movie is when uh, Jack-Jack is fighting the raccoon. The raccoon's all tied up in that lounging chair. <laughs> and he and comes like, at him with a, is a it, fireball. Oh my god, and he's just like lumbering, throwing a chair out of the way. And I was like, this is amazing. So just give me uh-huh. more of that and a possible... Uh, third, uh, sequel. So that's what I want. <laughs>
1: With, what, what was your favorite form of Jack, Jack? If you could pick one of his f- powers he had that you liked the most. Um, uh, my favorite form, I think
0: I had a very unique moment in the movie theater when he would kind of go into another dimension because the, the, the surround sound was like uh-huh. popping off in my theater. They, they have must've have fine tuned that to a T because um, like you could hear Jack Jack like in the back corner of the theater, yep. Yep. and then in the front corner when he was like jumping around, so that was really cool. I really love that the sound design, um, and sound editing, and, or mixing, or I don't know whatever it is for that. So yeah, I, I really love that. What about you?
1: I like the fire one, and then they used the like edible cream to like put <laughs> him out. And I was like, once they got the suit on him and they put him out with the cream, I was like, oh, that's funny. It's like a little <laughs> cushion for him. So. Um, yeah, they actually make pop vinyls for almost all those forms, but they made one that didn't show where he's steel, like completely metal, like Colossus. Oh. I would have liked to see that one in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, it would be crazy to see how Jack-Jack evolves because they make a point to say, oh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, super-powered, uh, babies... Uh, start out with a lot of powers when they're young, which makes me think as you get older, the other ones fall to the wayside, and then maybe your kind of like chosen power really sticks with you. What's uh-huh. really supposed to fit? But they say Jack Jack has like what seventeen or something uh, like or that. At
1: least seventeen that they know of. Um, yeah, and they she said he was a what a. a... Like a polymorph or poly something where he's had more powers than the normal kid did as well.
0: Yeah. Um, so it seems it seems like Jack Jack's character would stick with a bunch of powers moving forward. So I mean that would be a really crazy thing. Like what if uh, the super villain who has superpowers steals the baby to try
1: to get his powers and figure out how he can get all those powers himself? Yeah. That's it. Like we wrote the third one, Mike.
0: All Let's, right, there you go, Brad Bird. Send the check. Yeah. to superhero slate just make it out to chris or mike just and, um,
1: maybe just do an interview with us tell us tell us why your idea why our idea is awesome and you want to use it and and you know i will be okay with that so. yeah and ten thousand dollars <laughs> sure why not and ten thousand dollars so all right mike well let's wrap it up here incredibles 2 we think it's good go see it um that that's really all i got mike anything else <laughs> Th- you want to add thumbs up buddy yeah two thumbs up um so if you want to see what mike's up to um Maybe what his favorite superpower is for himself. Where can they find you at, Mike?
0: Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing in life. Where can they follow you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V A L D A N. You get over to Instagram, Valdan, I believe, 87. Again, I still never remember because I never get on there. <laughs> or head over to Comic UI to see more. Since this is a review episode, Mike, a special one-off review for The Incredibles, where can people find our weekly news episode at?
0: Ooh, if you want to see our bread and butter, the weekly news episodes, you can get that at superhero This is the best place to find all the avenues we host the show. And when we're talking about news, we throw up show notes there too, so you can get a lot of links to new trailers and release screenshots. We're about to talk about Wonder Woman and Aquaman, so there's going to be lots of images to check out there. So hit, hit up superhero slate.com and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at slate.com slash door if you're a fan of the show we'd love to hear from you we love seeing reviews feedback comments on youtube retweets uh, replies wherever you want to hit us up we love seeing that we love interacting with you and if you're a super fan of the show uh, if you if you want like that moniker all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week chris you ready mm-hmm. to talk about the news yes let's get over to the news and we'll catch you guys in there all right adios Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe!
1: Let me stop you right there. I am a connoisseur of Red Bulls.